Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Jimmy Trash Can, Cream Cheese, Connor Dina Conrad, also known as Jim, alongside Hollywood Senior, Harry Heath Pearson, Hollywood Junior, Charlie Chuck Wagon, Davies. And do we have a show for you today? We're talking the first weekend of MLS. We're talking Americans abroad. We're talking about our U17s losing to Mexico in the CONCACAF U17 final. Actually, I don't want to talk about Mexico beating us, actually. We're talking with MLS Next Pro Senior Vice President Ali Curtis. But first, let's get some highlights from the guys. And Chuck, I'm going to start with you. Your favorite part of the weekend. Let's make it MLS related. What was your favorite part of this weekend in MLS? I would say just the quality uh, of the games. Um, I think Apple really put on, uh, showcased what they're all about in terms of the production. It, it looked spot on. Uh, I think everyone was really, really pleased with um, the game quality, like the just the the picture perfect look for for a lot of the matches. Um, and then you throw in the goals. Uh, Colorado getting pummeled at at Lumen Field by the Sounders. Um, we know you want to talk about the revolution. Just jump to that part, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, and that's a Just little bit. Just jump to the revolution. Hey, hey the red away the from rev- home, 65, 70,000 people. There you go. Away from home. Henry Kessler last minute. Yes. Okay. Yep. Shout out. George Petrovich, Manchester United's interested in him. He keeps on showing. He's got all the goods. The kid, the kid is an incredible keeper. I mean. He is something special. That's there's no doubt about that. But um, I I think the Philadelphia Union made a big statement too. Um, hey, they're they're gonna be one. Of the, they're gonna be the top team in the East. It's it's who's gonna come after them. And then Toronto FC for me to lose the way they did to Wayne Rooney's <laughs> team, two goals in extra time. Uh, there there was some. It was just a lot of action. Like let's go. Okay, and Heath, how about you? Now, Philly won 4-1 over the crew, just to give everybody the scores in case you didn't see them. And D.C. United, to Chuck's point, were down 2-1, and they scored two goals in injury time to win 3-2 and bring more pain and suffering to the Bob Bradley and his family. But Heath Pierce, uh, what about you? You were in Seattle calling that game against Colorado. Big win for the Sounders. Yeah, I mean, yeah, big win for the Sounders. Uh, For me, 
getting a chance to call the, the, the opener of the only blowout of the weekend is nice. It's a lot easier, new fan base, new, you know, kind of uh, d- different broadcast style. So to be able to, to say good things about the home team, find some positives in uh, Colorado's early season. The fact they made all these uh, transfers, it's, you know, you can, you can just keep uh, making that about the, the, the integration of the team. It's going to take some time, but is that, but, but also the, the whip around show that they're doing, I, I I fully admit that I myself as a fan am not a sit at home Saturday and Sunday and watch games all weekend long. I like those occasional 90 minute games, but I also like action all in one place and snackable content. It gives me sort of the social currency I need to know that who scored and when and what did it look like and all those types of things. I thought that was a really cool uh, next step that gave me just interest interest to be able to follow the league uh in a in a in a in a different way so those ones and then obviously philly i was sitting on my flight up to seattle somebody was like hey who who, who do i go with on on the over this year and i was like i think you should go with philly this person placed uh, uh a live bet on the flight and uh and hit hit the over with the with the philly game Look at um, this and it was when they were, it was when they were up, they, over here hey they were only up uh they were only up they were down one nil at that point and, and i didn't think he was actually going to do it and he did it and uh i i left that uh flight going like you know what pretty good at this whole uh wagering thing you know uh and congratulations to you on that don't, <laughs> i'm one and oh on on offering up don't come, don't, me, don't so. come take my job here on yeah, hq no, i'm one and oh i'm 100 percent from the field right now but maybe you should retire because it doesn't yeah. uh <laughs> always go that to. well yeah I, I will say that to to piggyback on what you're talking about with the apple tv coverage from both of you it was just nice to have coverage that was dedicated to mls in a meaningful mm-hmm. way and not hoping that ESPN would give it a little bit more love or or Fox would give it a little bit more love and 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 there's like a proper show that's dedicated to giving us all the information taking that that next step that I think there's enough fans that want to know about the the inner workings potentially of 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 every team or the team definitely that they follow so I love that that exists that's only going to get bigger and better from here and that's really really exciting and uh, I look forward to seeing how it goes and as I continue to fine-tune it throughout the season I talked to Sasha Kleshin I thought he did a good job and and he is uh he said there's a lot of fine tuning all that good stuff but that's part of it you got to get started and then you and then you go from there so excited about that i also say that uh i told you guys to watch out for tiago almada not a big surprise he had six goals and 12 assists last season this guy scored two goals in like the last couple minutes for atlanta united i actually thought the earthquakes looked th- okay do you for think a while you saying we should keep an eye out for him was something after going yes. and winning a world cup with it was, it was like, it. Keep, i would keep tell, an eye on this come guy. out of nowhere he's coming out of nowhere <laughs> tiago almada he's gonna be something all right <laughs> all right all right anyway we have a special guest everybody so without further freddie adu it's time for the tale of the tape let's go everybody for our special guest Standing five feet, ten inches tall, weighing a schmelt, 185 pounds. At least that's what he weighed when he was a player. He won the Heisman Trophy for college soccer in his junior year before winning the Ballon d'Or of college soccer, the Mac Award, while playing for the Duke Blood Devils his senior year. Then got drafted second overall in 2001 to the Tampa Bay Mutiny. Rest in peace to that great club. He then bounced around to D.C. and Dallas before retiring to work for J.P. Morgan, then to the league offices in New York City with MLS before becoming the first African-American general manager in the league with the New York Red Bulls before taking the same position in Toronto following that. And now he's in charge of making the next generation 10 times the player we ever were with MLS X Pro. It's Alex! I didn't think he was gonna smile. Everybody, we cracked him. Yeah. He smiled. Uh, you forgot Region Two All Star. Sorry, well. Region Two All Star. <laughs> how many <laughs> lives? How many lives have you lived, Ali? He's lived a lot. He's lived a lot. Ali, uh, great to see you. And uh, 
no pressure, but you've been tasked with some responsibility here to make sure that the next generation is going to be awesome. How are you feeling about that? I feel good. First, it was, uh, it's great. Thanks for having me. Um, it's great to see you guys. Really appreciate it. I feel good. Um, the game is growing and it's evolving, and I'm, I'm happy to be part of it in, in, in all ways. So it's exciting. When you, when you look at sort of where the next generation of player is coming from, from a developmental standpoint, are you able to sort of see the quality that we're having? You know, we talk about 2026 as the next measuring point, and then we talk about MLS academies, and then just the ability for these players to get valuable minutes as they go through the ranks. Are you able to just see how, how much further along we are than, say, 10 years ago when, when there was just a, a few academies around? We are a lot further along um, in, in all ways. You know, when you look at just all the metrics, I think the coaching is better. I think the players are, I think, you know, I was on a podcast the other day and I think I said, listen, the players, they're more, they're better and they're different. They're more outspoken. They're more vocal. Um, they're more sophisticated. Um, you look at the investment and looking at the, the different facilities. You know, I remember when I graduated in high school in 97, you know, MLS was just was just born and it was just kind of growing. And the league has grown the you know, so much, but all of soccer, the game has grown so much. And, you know, we're on a podcast right now, the four of us, none of us are playing the game right now, but we all have jobs in the game. And so it's really grown in, in, in an unbelievable way. You know, I remember, you know, my first homegrown signing was Tyler Adams in 2015 to our second team. He was 15 years old at the time. And um, to be able to have an infrastructure that can support that type of quality and continue to develop is really, really important. Um, and so, you know, there just has to be sophistication at all levels. And, um, you know, the game is growing and, and MLS Next Pro, we had, a, we had a great first year, um, but there's still a lot to build upon. Um, and so, you know, it's, it was a really great year last year, just in terms of um, the World Cup and, you know, the growth there, and then you're seeing what's happened domestically. So a lot of great opportunity, a lot of um, for players and for staff and for people at all levels. Well, I'm curious, what went into setting this foundation for MLS Next Pro and um, what were some of the positives? Like you said, it was a successful year. What were some of those positives that you can say, man, I'm, I'm really proud that we're able to now look look to the next step? Yeah, so, you know, the league was created because of, of four four main pillars. You know, develop. Well, we call it player development, but really it's development, I think, of of all kinds, just in terms of players, but staff, referees, coaches, you know, all the like innovation being a big um, playing a key role and a pillar within the league as well, just in terms of when you think about some of the new rules that we're able to implement. Um, DEI is also a massive component. It really underpins everything that we're doing. And, and then local communities were able to branch out in the different local communities that MLS markets otherwise aren't in. So when you think about the Rochesters of the world, you think about what's happening in Huntsville. Those are really, really key successes when I think about innovation and I think of, you know, we launched pretty much, you know, two to three new rules last year. One, getting a lot of visibility called the off-field treatment rule, um, which has been fantastic, especially when you look at the data. That was really successful. When you think about DE&I, um, you know, we've adopted MLS's DE&I policy, but also, you know, there's 20 to 25 percent of our head coaches were black. Forty uh, percent of those um, uh, uh, coaches had previous MLS experience. That stayed the same. 
uh, for this year as it stands right now. And it's even more diverse when you look at the assistant coaching ranks. Um, and then when you look at development of players, you know, you're trying to get them integrated into a professional environment um, the best you can in all ways, not just in training, but, you know, how they attack the game from a sports science perspective and a nutrition perspective and professional games. You know, we had over 30 players since the beginning of last season signed first team contracts, which is great when you think about uh, the number of players that signed short term call up agreements. I think it was 80 to 81. So, um, you know, the pathway is working um, uh, in this first year, but there's still a lot to build on. And, you know, what I tell people is that like, you know, in life, you know, not just in soccer, you just want some clarity and some transparency on how do I get from A to B to C, you know, how do I, you know, whether you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a salesperson, you're just looking for some guidance uh, and some transparency and what are what are the steps to take? And so, you know, when MLS, you know, um, took over the Development Academy and um, with MLS Next and then MLS Next Pro um, in the fold last year is a really critical and important step uh, to helping these kids. You know, the U.S. and Canada are massive countries. You know, how do you take advantage of that massive platform, uh, that diversity? And so, um, you know, thus far, we're really happy in terms of what's been happening this past uh, 12 to 13 months. All right, Ali, so you've mentioned DE&I a few times. Can you give everybody some context as to what that stands for, that acronym, and, and how you're seeing that be reflected, not only through MLS, but, but through what you're doing with MLS Next Pro and, and maybe just in sports in general in this country? Yeah, I, I would say it. Um, a lot of it started, um, not just started, but it finally found voice, I think, during the pandemic. And what, is, um, what does DE&I stand for, just so everybody knows? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, okay, so DE&I is the, is the acronym. But I would say, you know, all of it really gained a little bit of voice and, um, and spotlight um, off of the shoulders of, of George Floyd. Um, and there started to be an opportunity to speak about diversity, equity, and inclusion in a way that's been different um, than in the past. Um, and there started to be um, a little bit of activation, a little bit of program. We're not there yet. We still um, need to grow um, and we still need to build programming. But there's at least a little bit of oxygen in the room and opportunity for us to speak about these things that are massively important. You know, when you look at the player pool um, in, um, in the different leagues, they're massively diverse. You know, this is a game that is played by all you know, around the world, especially within the U.S. and Canada, it's important that that, that is reflected uh, in everything that we do. You know, I've I played the game ever since I was a kid. And, I, you know, I said this the other day. And even when I say it out loud, it still resonates in a different way. You know, I, I've never had a black head coach uh, in my life. And, you know, when you think about the journey that people go through, not just in soccer, but in, in everything, they have this journey and there's these difficult moments as they're growing um, and difficult decisions. And you need people to help guide you um, to be the best version of yourself. And so sometimes that's a teacher or maybe that's an, an uncle or an aunt or, you know, um, a family member. But in soccer, it's a coach. And so um, it's important that we have people that have gone through different experiences um, and different moments that can help guide these these young players as they go through this journey of life and soccer being part of it. And so 
So, you know, it's not just a role, but it is a responsibility that we all have to uh, each other and to the game to improve in this way. And I'm proud of the work that we've done. Um, MLS Next Pro, particularly over the last 13 months, it's reflected in the data. Um, at the end of the day, though, the, this story is not it's not even fully written. It, we're just we're just scratching the surface. Um, but it's really great. It's really exciting. Um, you know, um, the 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 Zoom calls that I've had, the tiles are starting to look a little bit different and to look a little bit more reflective of of who we are. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited by that uh, and intrigued. And, and I'm glad that I'm participating in that as well and being part of that. And so. Um, so, yeah, um, good start, good work to do, but a lot of work to go. You, you mentioned the tiles starting to look a little bit different on these uh, Zoom calls. Uh, how important is is that education process? Is the implementation of the of of of, of the 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 values and 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 um, qualities that the league is trying to instill from from the academy level through MLS Next, MLS Next Pro, all the way up to the MLS level? How important is that all? Um, the education of that all uh, coming together. Yeah, it's coming, you know, it's coming together. You know, I would say, you know, there's a, there's, there's a guy that um, by the name of Shola Winley, who's doing a really lot, a, a lot of good work. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of start small and you grow it. Um, but Shola uh, now has been in, in the MLS family for about a year and a half, two years and starting to, to grow some programs, starting to implement. Um, and we're starting to measure, you know, um, uh, and measure success and measure what, what's been happening in our environments. And having those conversations out loud, I just got a, um, a, uh, an invite reminder for an MLS DE&I committee meeting that I'm on with a number of different ownership groups and things like that. And um, it's hard because like the education component is super difficult too, because, you know, even during some of those difficult moments during the pandemic where race was front and center, you know, and you had people were looking at, we're looking at different people in different moments to say, what do we do? And, you know, it was difficult because just because you may have been a person uh, of color or a diverse, uh, of diverse background, um, you know, it's not easy. Um, and so I think, you know, first and foremost, it's, hey, how can we start a dialogue and a conversation about um, I'm feeling less than? How come this room doesn't look the way that it should look? You know, how come we cannot have these types of conversations um, with a bit of trust and openness? It's these these issues are difficult to tackle and they take trust and complexity in a way that's um, it's hard. Um, and, um, but we've begun this conversation. We've begun it at all levels too, from the ownership to, um, the folks in the front office to, um, the, the beautiful work that black players for change has done. Um, and, you know, we've had diff different moments, but we're just, like I said, we're, we're, we're still scratching the surface and it's going to make all of us, you know, that much better, that much healthier. Um, these are really, really good times, good moments, um, and we've got opportunity too. I'm really excited about what happened this past weekend of games. I'm excited about, um, you know, uh, what's going to happen this summer with, with our women in the world cup. And I'm really excited about, uh, what's going to happen in 2026 when, you know, it's not going to be in our backyard. It's going to be in our own joint, you know, it's going to be in our house. Um, and so, 
you know, now is the time. It, now is the time to launch MLS Next Pro. Now is the time to do all these things. Now is the time to get to work. It's talk. It's to form committees. It's to act. Um, so it's happening. Um, and, you know, we're making some strides. You know, we're not there yet. We're making it's a little bit at a time. It ain't easy. Um, but it's 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 all good work. I love the, the good things don't come easy. Uh, I know you're a top dog now at MLS Next Pro. You and Charles Olchek <laughs> run the show. But you talked about finding Tyler Adams. Now, I think our, our country is in need of a player who now is in a, a mold of a Memphis Depay, a creative playmaker, the Lionel Messi, somebody who's really creative. Obviously, you can't just build Lionel Messi's all over the place. But have you seen Man, throw a, some a, pressure pipe, on him, Chuck. a, a pipeline <laughs> or, or some, some, some promise in terms of creative playmakers instead of you know what we're known for athletic hardworking players who who can listen well follow directions tactically um easy to mold when when it comes to moving over to europe but maybe lacking that genius in the attacking third the the, the plays that can unlock um an unbalanced defenses have you started to see more of those players coming through at a, at a younger age yeah, some of those types of players that are just special difference makers, you know, that um, like you they used to be, Ali, right? Let's they, be honest. They're don't not there and, uh, you know, in in abundance, they are 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 super special. But I'm uh, I'm encouraged. I'm excited. Um, it's a hard what you're saying. It's a hard question to answer. Um, if I'm if I'm honest, um, you know, I think that diversity, equity and inclusion is something that we started to talk about earlier. And and I said that that is a pillar of MLS Next Pro, but that underpins everything that we're doing as well. And it's no different than on the soccer field. Um, you need people and players that can do tons of different things, you know, um, and they can either communicate well, they can play a certain well. And you need that diversity, especially I think what you're talking about is in the attacking third. Mm -hmm. You know, can you have a special player do special things? Where is our Messi and, you know, Mbappe, um, all the all yeah. Mbappe's and all these types of of players, it's got to happen. I think we've all. Uh, what I would say is, I'm also I'm very practical and a realist. I think we've we've all seen it at, at, in different moments, right? You know, um, whether it was um, Freddie Adu, uh, you know, at one <laughs> yeah. point it was Freddie. You know, yeah. and, and we we've all seen. It's easy to see it at the young age groups, though. In my opinion, you know, um, there is a lot of. Uh, uh, so, but you have to develop it as well, you know. Ali, Ali, well, to that to, point, it's got to grow. Um, Ali, I just want to jump in. Are we having a trouble with audio or no? no? No, no, Can you hear me or no? No, he muted you. Oh, well, everybody should be muted. You muted him. Everybody should be muted. As long you? as you guys can hear me, I can't. I can hear you. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Keep going, Ali. Keep going. I, I, I guess what I wanted to ask was from an MLS Next Pro perspective, I think these players that you're trying to develop. Are, are ones that you that you foster per se. So so I don't know if Ali can hear us, but but I wonder in terms of the environments that they're creating, Chuck. Like you you want these messies of the world, but but we can't. I, I don't. I feel like at times you see coaches that are so adamant about playing a certain style that they don't allow that creativity to exist in the attacking third. And I wonder he, if that's being mandated from an MLS. Ali, he's pro. talking about coaches maybe taking away from the creativity. Can you hear me? I don't think he can hear you either. No, he can't. Uh, he can't hear us right now. We could hear him, but he's going to hop off and come back on here. Anyway, that's okay. a big question, though, for everybody is, OK, is there a mandate, though, from MLS Next Pro to make sure that there were, were because there's less stakes and less pressure there, that, that we're putting these 
I say rules in place, but kind of a philosophy in place to make they, sure that that that's happening, Heath. Well, well, you know, Adidas did this big study um, called the Swag Study around all of like the top ESP kids, like the top fifteen to seventeen year olds in in the country, and the number one trait that they all shared was 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 fear of making mistakes. Right? Was yeah, this right, idea right. of like. I don't play this way because I've been taught at a young age that this is not what's best for the team. And therefore it's diluting that creativity. And in that swag study, that was like the number one theme shared across all players, not just playmakers, but just that fear of, of, of making mistakes. And that is a thing that if that goes away, you lose that creativity in that player and that difference um, that what, what, what Ollie had mentioned of, of a special player doing special things. Ollie, basically, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Like, it just seems like we've been creating robots in this country for a long time. And I wanted to know if there was a philosophy from MLS Next Pro and the leadership there with you and Charles to just allow these coaches to, to let their kids play a little bit and be creative and not have that fear of making mistakes, as Heath was mentioning. Yeah, I mean, I think that we, you know, I mean, we, we, there, we, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, um, you know, I, I, we, we, I'm looking at Charlie Davies. He was not a robot. You know, he was my goodness. What a incredible player. And um, we are um, a massive country. Um, uh, every human being is different um, and it's evolving and growing. And, you know, like, I, you know, I think the Development Academy and teams, you know, a MLS teams investing in youth academies that just started in 2007. You know, and then it takes a little bit of wiggle room to figure out who you are. Then there was this um, this in, uh, 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 involvement in trying to improve coaching education. And, you know, the league and leagues even, you know, are still expanding. And so there's still a bit of growth, even though we want it now. Um, uh, and that's OK. I agree with you. I think trial and error is a real important component of 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 success and of growth and development and that has to be especially in the attacking you know and and, and if anything those are you know as an attacking player and charlie will tell you this you know that's the you, you're in the part of the field where you can experiment and you can um lose the ball and you can try new things that which can ultimately make you you know a better player uh moving forward so um yeah i think you know what i would say is you know um that's a big part of the game, but everything is important, you know, um, you know, um, and and in certain moments, there's going to be some times where, um, you know, you might not have the best team pound for pound, player for player, but there's still things that you can do to to get a result, you know, and that's important. And we need to learn that as well. Um, but, you know, um, it's all, um, you know, it's 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 all a, it's a process. Um, it's important that our process, um, you know, we hit the pedal to it because, you know, we've got this really for, for all of us, for the four of us, it's a once in a lifetime moment come 2026. So how can we do everything we can so that we can, we can capitalize, uh, is really important. And we're doing everything we can with MLS next pro, you know, how can we create the platform? We're flexible. Um, you know, how can you have a professional league that, preserves the integrity of a professional league, but at the same time is flexible enough to be so that it allows clubs to attack uh, player development in a way that makes sense for their tribe. You know, um, that's really important. Um, we're just getting started, um, but we'll, we're going to see it. You're, you're starting to see it. You know, you're, you're this, 
it will happen. You, you've got to believe, you know, I was at, I did a podcast with the late, you know, rest in peace, Grant Wall um, around this time last year. And he said, Hey, you know, what do you, what do you think? And I said, you just have to have belief. You know, I said, you know, like it almost like when you get injured, you know, you you may be on the shelf, but you're working every single day to get back to health because you know that it's going to happen and you have to have that belief. And so we all have to have that belief um, that that this thing's going to that this thing's going to going to happen. And we're going to have our Mbappes and, and, and our Messi's and, and these and our Ronaldo's and these types of players. But there's still we have a lot of special players as it as it stands right now. So um, we just got to capitalize on the moment. It's exciting, though. When you see a little Ronaldinho coming through, you, you let you let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Oh boy. I hear you. Well, yeah. Ali, thank you so much for your time. We know that you are very busy and you've got other meetings to get into. And we appreciate everything that you're doing to grow the game. You're an absolute legend. We look forward to checking in with you maybe in a year, less than a year, and see how everything's going. Top After, uh, another successful season of MLS Next Pro. I'm sure that all three of us will be involved in some capacity moving forward, but we really appreciate your time and everything that you're doing once again to grow the game. Ali Curtis, everybody! Appreciate you All right, everybody, we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. We're going to get into uh, some of our thoughts about what Ali had to say, and we're going to get into some Americans abroad, so don't go anywhere. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, everybody, welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and Charlie Davies, and that was a promo for March Madness. You can catch all that college basketball craziness in March on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. And of course, don't miss a second of action from the greatest club competition on earth, the Champions League. You can follow the biggest stars in the game from Leo Messi to Karim Benzema, Victor Osiman, who has been killing it. I think he scored eight straight games for Napoli. What a beast. Erling Holland 
and all of them going to try to clinch the most prestigious prize in the game. So all of your soccer needs, everybody from Champions League to Europa League to Serie A to NWSL and so much more are available on Paramount+. Plus, and you can try one month free by using the code ADVANCE. Go make that happen. All right, Advanced. before we move forward with our Americans abroad, let's talk about Ali Curtis. I love that MLSX Pro exists. I love that there is, to his point very early on, that there's now a, a, a really clear path if you're a kid to go from MLS Next to MLS Next Pro all the way up to a first-team MLS. I love that those kids are being signed if they're having success, right, being rewarded for that success. I still have lots of questions. I'm sure he he – I don't know if he can answer them or not because I feel like it still needs to evolve and mature. And Heath, I'll come to you on this. But And then, Chuck, I want to hear from you, obviously, on this too – He's talked about four stages of development. You know, you have, yeah, I got to get the players better, coaches better, uh, referees better. But what about the scouting? Like, what what are we looking for? And 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 I know it's going to change per club based on what your needs are, but I still feel like there's an overall kind of yeah. what type of player are we trying to look for and develop in this country? And, and where do we find those players? And and uh, if they're already, if they're outside of the MLS next thing, you know what? That's another area that I think needs to get better too. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with <clears throat> different scouts. You obviously, the Alianza, with our, right? Yeah, Alianza, the football program. We have we have MLS scouts, MLS Next uh, scouts. Uh, we have U.S. Soccer, FMF, um, lots the, of league and Mexican clubs, right? And, and yeah, the the union, a um, lot of MLS clubs um, supporting that program and sending their scouts out. And and when you sit down with them, obviously, it is a it is a very club specific thing. There's certain you know, intangibles you want out of a player, but you know, some of them are like, I need a player that has a top aerobic capacity. I don't care what position they're on the field. I can figure that out later. I need to know that they can cover ground, that they can move, that they can, they've got a, a an ability to, to, to run uh, other ones, uh, physical presence or technical style. So all of that I think is, is, is club specific, but with the MLS next pro league, I think about my time when I first came to major league soccer, we signed, uh, Ruben Luna and Brian Leva, the two top players in the in the youth national teams. Um, both, I, I believe, at that time had spent time with Mexico and the U.S. The top recruits, FC Dallas, signed both of them. They had one year. Two, I mean, they were in the club for longer, but they basically had one year to prove themselves that they were first team ready at whatever age they were at the time, 17, 18 years old, and there was nowhere else to go. So now when you think about that structure or reading, reaching critical mass, it's not even necessarily that player. It's about the fact that you can sign more players, have more opportunities for players that are at different points of their development and put them in professional environments against top level competition where they can continue to grow because it you are, no matter what, losing out on a number of players uh, if the only pathway is through a first team to get first team minutes. And that's the only place otherwise, you know, and we've had USL partnerships and you've had, um, you know, uh, the reserve teams playing in, 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 in other leagues and things like that. But this as a division is a development division that still has a, a professional standard. And I think that's just going to bring more players into that ecosystem and give more opportunities for players to, to develop, which we haven't had before. Yeah. I think there it's complicated with the club situation, right? Cause you have the academies, but there are a number of players who never find their way to that Academy. Maybe they're in between the, they fall between the cracks. What, what have you, I think it's, again, having these, like back in the day, it was so easy. You had states, you had regionals, everyone played in the same league. So you had a, a clear way to find who the best players were. And typically if a, one player stood out on one team, that player would then move to move up to like 
the best team or the better team in the league. And it was really easy to identify players. We have a lot of players in this in, in this country. So again, I think it's it's got to be some sort of teamwork tandem thing where people can go into certain leagues and they're communicating with the, the people who are in charge of the developmental leagues and the academy leagues. And but at the end of the day, we have the we have those players. We we just have to continue to empower them and let them flourish, like you you were saying earlier, Jimmy. If you start neutralizing that and taking that away at an early age, then it's hard to get it back. If you if you have that bug early and you're a creative player and you're doing the step overs, you're watching Neymar and and Ronaldinho highlight tapes and Raquel May, and you're feeling yourself, and and you're you know I I was very fortunate because my father was my coach. I know Ali Curtis talked about never having a black coach. My dad was my coach up until high school. So that influence of always saying. Don't listen to what anyone else is, is telling you to do. Do what I'm telling you to do. And this is what you're watching. You're watching Henri every day. You're watching Ronaldo every day. And those two players in particular, he he had me study, watch their games. Then we go out in the backyard, we go to the training field, and we do that for hours. So that's where my my mindset was always, hey, you, to be different, you have to be daring. You have to try things. Um, but for other players who don't have that father – you're, you're not doing that. And, and therefore, if a coach is telling you, hey, north, south, because I had a lot of coaches that say no step overs, no, no fancy stuff, uh, one, keep it simple, one touch. And you're like, that's not how I play at all. I'm, I'm going to stick to the way I play. And eventually that'll break through. But there, there are a, lot, a number of players who, who get told none of the funny stuff, right? Just get in the box, do your one touch and shoot. And 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 unfortunately, that that can ruin a player. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And uh, producer Alex has a question for us about any thoughts on how to lure kids that want to play basketball, American football, to play soccer. I think if you run into an environment, and I think a lot of these kids are probably interested in the game, right? They're probably out there running around kicking the ball at a young age, and yeah, this is pretty cool. But then they, if they run into an environment where the fun stuff is being eliminated quite quickly. Now you still there's there's still a basis of how to learn the game and when to make good soccer decisions and and so on and so forth. But if you take away the fun part, the creativity, the them breaking things down, allowing them to make mistakes and take risk, and all that goes away because the environment is more risk averse. That is a big reason why I think we could lose a lot of kids. I agree with you guys, and I think we have more than enough kids that want to play. And that's where I wanted to get into it with Ali a little bit. I know that his time was was pretty short, but at some point, him or someone like him that's in that pipeline would be a good question. Like it's the coaching, coaching development, it's scouting, it's the referees. Referees control a lot of the flow of the game. And uh, we don't talk a lot about how important their involvement is because sometimes we've been in enough games, but even at the youth level, I'll go and I'll watch a game with one of my daughters. And man, if that referee would just kind of like, just let, let's like find the rhythm of the game. Let let it flow a little bit instead of like nitpicking these kids on their foot coming off the ground for a throw and like, I mean, I get it, but like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, just let them play a little bit. And, and that stuff uh, always gets under my skin, as you can probably tell. But, <laughs> that's a dollar uh, in the swear jar. That's a slip dollar in the swear jar for Jimmy cursing it's in front just of the like, kids. You know? they're, they're, seven, they're like seven or eight. Like, yeah, you, I know you want to teach them proper hike, how to do a throw in, but you don't have to call like every single, anyway. It's making the game I, I about watched, yourself and not about the I player. watched, my kids are all AYSO still. Actually, I've only got, too old enough and i watch parents gamify the systems for their kids to win already at this age of just how do you you know just gamification of 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 youth 
soccer. Um, I'm watching it right now with 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 my oldest in in basketball gamification of youth sport. Um, and it's one thing to be excited and cheer and supportive of of these things, but there is a gamification of that at the lowest level that is already meant that is already skewing towards who are the best players, how do you beat the system, how do you win the game? Um, just winning. It's just winning. To, it's yeah, just, yeah, winning. just winning. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. and it's and it's like it's 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 really sad to see because as I was, you know, we've been in these elite environments and um, I didn't think it was as bad as it was when I got into it because the first year of, it was just everybody happy first touch, first touch clinics and fun for the kids. And then the second year when it was like not keeping score, but you know, someone's keeping score. I saw that complete (laughs) shift at six years old, complete shift, Um, five years old, complete shift in terms of like what it meant for, for the parents at that age. And you're not even in the competitive levels yet where the parents are like, getting in with refs and coaches well, and all these things. Well, that's because they pay a lot of money. So they feel like they're entitled yeah. to, to yeah. complain about that. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Horrible. All right. We, I know we could go down this path and, and have a lot of fun with it, but let's get into the Americans abroad because there's some big results for some of our guys, most notably the Americans at Leeds. Now that's the first time that three Americans have started in a Premier League game together since 2007 when full Ham America, however you say it, I believe it was full America. Uh, full America. Sorry, it was the it was the first time when Dempsey and McBride played with Carlos Bocanegra for Fulham in 2007. Three Americans started together in a Premier League game, and it was Javi Garcia's first game in charge. One zero win over Southampton. They're out of the relegation zone. It's the first one of the Premier League since early November, and uh, they're playing Fulham tomorrow in the FA Cup. So that should be a good one. A lot of Americans on the mm. field. Here's another thing. We've talked about Brendan Aronson, how he's been coming on as a super sub. And every time they do, or he does, they give up goals. This time he starts, he comes out in the 75th minute, and then leads scores two minutes later. I'm just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Now, I think it's pure coincidence, of course. But uh, that's, that's Brendan Aronson watch here on In Soccer We Trust. <laughs> how about yes. things are not going great? But... We wore them down, Jimmy. He did all the running, did, made did, them tired, opened up the field for them. That's how, he did. That's how so we'll that Junior Firpo could score, like, the weakest shot yeah. to ever trickle into a Premier League. But what? Three points or three points and a good result uh, for those guys. We'll see how that goes. Fulham 1-1 against Wolves. Uh, Tim Ream and Jedi both getting some some uh, 90 minutes there. Valencia beating Real Sociedad. And Yunus Musa going with the tucked-in shirt look throughout the whole thing. I like that. Very uh, Kieran and Tierney Respect. of him. Celta Vigo beating Real Valladolid 3-0. Luca De La Torre scores in this one, had some involvement in the second goal. His shot got saved, and it fell to his teammate who buried it to make that 3-0. And then we have the Scottish League Cup final. Celtic wins 2-1. Cameron Carter-Vickers gets the start. Tillman gets the start. James Sands does not. Uh, Alistair Johnson gets the start at right back for all you Canadian international fans. Celtic win 2-1. They win the Scottish Cup final. And I thought CCV... Had a couple of good defensive plays. Uh, Tillman, I thought, was pretty bright there when he could get in and around the ball. I don't know what games you guys want to talk about or if any number nine stuff. No Gio Reyna for Dortmund. Daryl uh, DK Ricard- Brace. Daryl DK Brace against Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen, Middlesbrough. We got Ricardo Pepe <laughs> scoring a pretty good goal for Groningen. Uh, Jordan Pifok started against uh, Bayern Munich. Looked okay, but Bayern won 3 0. And so, then, so, um, yeah, what, what do you guys want to jump in? Your boy Klinsman going to South Carol uh South Korea. What South Carolina would be awesome. But yeah, yeah. South Korea, yeah. Jurgen Klinsman going yeah. to South Korea. 
We'll see how that goes, my hey, boy. I love him. Jordan Morris, Christian <laughs> Roldan, each uh, Morris with a brace, Roldan with a with a goal. Both of them, I didn't think had great uh, late last seasons, and um, and looks like they've got a chip on the shoulder, something to prove to start on, on the young MLS season as well, which I think is I think is great seeing young young performers in our in our not young performers, but performers in our in the young season in our player pool, including including Ricardo Pepe, who you know. Is definitely going to make a move, but we need him to keep scoring and 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 going along. And where do you think he goes? Let's um, talk yeah. about Ricardo Pepe, though. Yeah, because because it's not up. easy. I, it's not easy move? to score for a team, though. It's not easy to score for a team that's not very good. He learned that with Augsburg, and Groningen, just not an upper echelon team in the Eredivisie and, and scraping at the relegation zone in in Holland as well. So to create opportunities to score goals, uh, I, I really liked how he played this weekend, running the channels really well. Uh, his his kind of check his movement off the ball has been pretty good. Now they didn't play the greatest team this weekend, but uh, still some promise there. Where, where does he go next? Our resident number nine, Charlie Davies. Well, you, you did say they didn't play the greatest team, but they played a team that was fighting with them for to to stay up, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was a massive win. It, it helped them gain ground. Um, but I think again, looking at his his trajectory, he he went to the wrong club, right? That, Initially, you're talking Augsburg. A, yes, that's yeah. that's a fact. Um, need needed playing time. Made the move to to Holland, and Groningen was a, a good club because he's going to play all the time. Although it's not a great club in terms of a team that's going to be competing in that league. So I think his next step is either to stay in Holland and go to a, a bigger club, okay. which which could be a possibility, or you go to Belgium. And you play on a top club there because that league is also uh, caters to, to strong strikers, and you can get a good move to another to another um, club in a top league, or um, you know you go back to the Bundesliga, and I, I just don't see another Bundesliga saying, "Hey, we'll, we'll take we'll take Ricardo Pepe." So I I think it's it's again it's a move to the top team in Denmark that another team in, in the, in the Netherlands or uh, a Belgian league. I, I don't see him, um, you know, playing in France, playing in, in the Bundesliga, playing in England or Spain, maybe, yeah, maybe, a top team, maybe a top team in Portugal as well. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of a, a fine or, or, a, or, a, or, um, or, um, or, or a PSV, obviously Ajax, of course, but, um, uh, anywhere that they're going to be, he needs to be in a place where, where, where they are dictating, where he can continue to develop and get chances. Right. In the Dutch league, there's right. no league in Europe. You're going to, as a striker, you're going to get more chances regardless if you're in, unless you're obviously finding relegation is different, but they tend to play that total football system, open chances, you know, a lot of attacking play. And so, um, I, w- I would love to see him stay there over, you know, Bundesliga, Unless you're in the, unless you're one of the the top teams, you got to be pretty clinical with everything. And I do think he's clinical, but I still think he's young, and he needs he needs another two years before I say, go back to the Bundesliga and show what you got. What's interesting is Ramiro makes a good comment. What's up, Ramiro? Thanks for the support. Around him going to France, maybe going to Lille if Jonathan David gets sold, playing with Timo Weah there at Lille, but maybe Timo Weah has gone too, <laughs> Mister Left Back yeah. Timo Weah. But but I wonder if France would be that maybe next step where it's not. The other leagues. What? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't let him go to France. I, I think you are underrating France. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> trying to. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> listen. Uh, I, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you. Hey, this, is, not, this is Charlie just, Davies. We're talking about. I, I'm just saying. Charlie if, if, France. Sorry, sorry. This, if, if, I'm not trying France. to underrate. He's, France. he's one of those right. guys going to go his Premier League. I'm, I'm France, not trying to underrate and then the France. rest in Charlie's mind. You know. 
It, I'm just it, saying there's a drop off. I feel like in France that maybe there's there's less of a drop off in the. I'm, I'm just saying be realistic. You I am being realistic. You can't not Stop yelling at me at Augsburg. Go to Groningen and think you're going to get a move to 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 a Lille, for instance. That that's just not going to happen. Okay, but is there? Do you think there's a team in France? I mean, I know there's the the one with that 30 year old manager that's doing pretty well at the moment. But and, and I, if you're not playing on a at the Balogun. A top well. ha- a top half team in France, it's very very difficult, and he'd, he'd be in a similar situation to Jonathan David came Germany. from came from Ghent, you know, like it wasn't like Ghent's not a big, big big huge club. I wonder. I the Ricardo Pepe situation is interesting. So let's move this into a bigger conversation with everybody that's watching on the YouTube's and and following us and listening on any podcast platform of your choice. Hit us up at ISWT Pod on the Twitter if you guys want to join the conversation later, if you're just hearing this later. But who's who's leading with this March break that's about to come out for the U.S. Men's National Team in the Nations League? Who's our number nine? Who are we starting? Is it... Is it... Oh, let's go to resident number nine, Charlie Davies. Hey. Hey, hold you on. You go with DK? DK's got... Just... I thought DK layoff... The second goal for DK, that little cheeky layoff that kind of set the sequence in motion was excellent. Hey, who, Charlie, who before you answer, I, I do I do want to point out, and I don't know if, if, if either of you guys got the chance to watch the, the Seattle-Colorado um, game yesterday, but Darren Yappy, 18 years old, started up top for Colorado, is a true number nine. And I don't know a lot of number nines in our pipeline right now. Uh, you know, you could say... Are you Sir, ready to Sir give Goma. Darren Yappy? No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying before we move on to this. I'm saying uh, there is a player that that's slated for a breakout year in Major League Soccer. It is going to be a player like Darren Yappy if he does play these games because he is an, a wonderful target striker, comfortable on the ball. He's not a Cade Cowell or Serge Goma that's going to be more of your winger type in, in, a, in a front three or in, in a two forward system. He can play traditional striker thing. I'm not, I'm not saying calling him up. I was just I wanted to. To, to, to mention that before we moved on to to the the call-ups of just like I don't know if you guys saw him but just to keep an eye on type of guy you know so keep an eye on Figueroa as well because because he yeah. led up the U17s yeah. um so can't be Mexico though I'm I'm gonna go oh, with man, right care. now Sergeant would be the starting striker okay you got Sergeant yep I mean uh, how hard do you think we should be pushing hard to get uh Fuller and Balogun at this point and I wonder yeah. Uh, I think that's worth a realistic conversation to say, is this, is this something that could happen or is, is he adamant that he has the quality to play in England and he's going to, he's going to give it everything he can until he's in his late twenties to, to make that happen. You know, okay. so well, what I think DK? he's got a year, do you bring, do you bring I think DK he's got in? a year before he's got to decide. DK, I, I love that DK scoring goals, but it's still, we, we're still have yet to see him have the ability to control the ball in tight spaces at the international level, at the international stage. Well, how else is he going to get a chance the, if you don't call him in? We, we, we have seen yeah, that. Yeah, Charlie, remember your, remember your first touch when you first got in the national team? <laughs> I do. I yeah, do because it, like, it, it went to me. Because <laughs> your first touch meant I got the ball, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it took some time. It took some time. No, but Daryl DK is only 22. So the thing that I like, we've been mentioning, mentioning his name for a while, he – you know, we're not talking about 25, 26 year old trying to still figure it out, right? That is the thing that I think is going to keep him in the pool to, to continue to get more looks. Now, I agree with Charlie. I don't think he's necessarily the starter coming in, but you definitely got to call him up and keep him in that mix to just sort of see is this the breakout time? Again, Charlie, I make the joke about about 
your your touch, which obviously wasn't the case. But there was a period that wasn't necessarily where you, Charlie Davies, were lacking as a player. It was you, Charlie Davies, weren't didn't have it all at one moment for the national team, right? You had it at the club yeah. level, you're doing all those things, and then you found your comfort, your confidence, and then we saw, I remember, it was like overnight, like this guy figured out where he's good, how he's good, how to become this powerful, high-energy player that could be impactful in a different way that two months before, you saw bits and pieces of like, yeah, but we'll all come together. And then it came together, and you're like, okay. Then you went from Charlie Davies, youth national team guy, national team player, pool, to them being like, that's our star. You know, like that's the guy. And, 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 um, that was, a, those were leaps, um, that you never know if they were all going to come together. So Daryl DK is one where I'm like, does he have that type of upside that you have? Maybe not, but at least can he bring those tools together to fight for a starting spot on the national team? I hope I so. I think it's, I think it's just adjusting with the speed of play and, and adjusting to his first touch, regardless, needs to improve. That, that has to happen. But I've seen how far he's come from college because in college I watched him play and he he really lacked with his finishing because his hold up play that was never in doubt. He's he's big, he's strong, he knows how to use his body. And then his movements around the box were, were good. But then it was just lacking the finishing in the first touch. That improved tremendously with Orlando City. And then obviously all of a sudden he goes to the championship, lights it on fire, and he's starting to score goals in different types of goals. So you love that. But still, in terms of, we all know, the international level is one level up from, from club, no matter where you play. It's, it's just the speed of play is, is like that. And if your first touch is not on point, you suffer. You let the team down because you lose possession. You lose confidence. And we saw that when he came into the Gold Cup. He didn't have his best performance. And I think that took him down a whole notch when you see – from Greg well, Berhalter's eyes and, yeah, and the and players. Yeah, yeah, and then he gets hurt, and that's hard to recover. So I think you work all – you work – you give everything you can. You work the hardest to get back. Now he's scoring goals. He's feeling good. He deserves to be called in. But to be starting, I'd say hold on. Let him just keep working and 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 fine-tuning his game till he can get to, to be the best version of Daryl DK. Okay, so just to continue to stir the pot – would you bring Zach Steffen back into the team? He's playing more than it, Matt Turner. It, but is it stirring stirring the pot? 100% he gets called back in. Do you? Do you? I don't I know. Don't, yes. Why I don't know what you? happened there, but we. it's also that it's was under Greg Berhalter. So, yeah. um, you know, Greg Berhalter's not there. Uh, whatever that was or whatever that is, I, I still don't know. But, like, either way, you know, he's playing regularly. He was, he was our number one for a good while. To call him back in. I'm just curious. I, 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 uh, yes, I agree with you that Zach Steffen should get called back in, but I, I wonder what that looks like. That, that would be like, oh, hey guys, <laughs> that was the World Cup. I think that'll, that'll be interesting walking back into that locker room. I, I only think there's only one player that you, you hesitate towards. And that's, Tim Ream? G, that's Gio Reyna. Tim Ream. Gio Reyna. <laughs> no, that, I agree. That's, well, the, so, that's the it, only player that you'd say, do we, do we bring him in? With with all of this, or maybe it is. Let's bring them and just let's kill it because then it won't be an issue after you bring them in. It's done. We're moving on. Yada yada. Or or do you say, man? But he's not it's, playing. It's not like you. There's anything to warrant about bringing him in. I don't know. Now Tim, I, I, Tim Ream. I mean, my, the only thing the with only Tim Ream one. is his age. But the guy. No. Every every year passes, he gets better. Like the he, guys, he's like he's Benjamin in. Button. 
he's automatic right now. <laughs> my yeah, my man is balling. He is awesome. He's been playing great. Okay. All right. Is there anybody else that would be a question mark? I'm looking at the Dortmund plays RB Leipzig on Friday this week. And Gio Reyna has, uh, he's not played in a while. Last time he played was February 11th. And that was, he started that game against Werder Bremen. Mm, that, he scored in three straight games and we got nothing on him. Anyway, I don't know what's happening there. I assume more stuff is potentially going to come out in some capacity. I believe that's, more stuff will come out soon. Yes, that's the rumor. And you wonder if that's, do you think that's an anvil that, that could be holding him back or that there's just so much? No. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what this, what the, all this information is that you're uh, potentially yep. alluding to. <laughs> there's, all right, let's get the final thoughts. You started it. I'm stirring the pot today. Chuck, is your is your rumor my rumor? Is that are you? Are you I don't know. Like, I I maybe uh, I maybe was owning your rumor, but it's your rumor, so I don't want to like continue to go down mm. that path. Chuck, final thoughts on this is soccer we trust here on this Monday. Already looking forward to Thursday. Should be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, any final thoughts for us? And and can it be about Noel Buck? Seventeen, dude, kid can play. He was balling the, out against Charlotte. The kid can play. Um, and you're not sure what his best position is yet because last year he played on the wing. He played up top as a nine. Uh, he started this, this past weekend as a, as a defensive midfielder, you know, a, a, an eight and did really well. His, his intervention on a potential counterattack from Charlotte led to Henry Kessler getting the goal. So, I mean, shout out to Noel Buck. My man is, is producing at, at a young age. Um, so far, so good. So he's, he's got a, he knows he's got a high ceiling um, and he's not selling. He has that work ethic. So he's hungry, um, but it, it's good. It's good for the Revs. They have a lot of young players coming through the system. Um, and that's something that Bruce Arena uh, has, has come in and, and changed the game with him and Kurt Anolfo. They came in, set up an academy, set up like a proper structure that did not exist before. And now you're starting to see young kids produce. And I think we're starting to see that you know, Philadelphia Union have had that from the from the very beginning, the blueprint. Um, but you're starting to see more academies producing players and now pushing them through to play. Um, Yappi is another one with Colorado. We're starting to see younger players getting meaningful minutes, which will benefit our national teams, youth national teams, as well as uh, the full team. So 2026, my final thought is 2026 is looking good. <laughs> and shout out to ali curtis for that for that for coming on today our best what 25 26 players that's gonna be that's gonna be a really tough task whoever takes the job heath pierce final thoughts um no uh not really <laughs> i don't think i have a, a, final, a final thought i i'm i am out of final no luca de la torre continuing to play <laughs> like that guy uh I'm, I owe you an apology, uh, fella. I was not familiar with your game. Um, no, he's uh, he's. Um, I'm 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 just our our player pool continuing to have some bright moments every weekend right now. I think is really, really great, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together, uh, especially ahead of 2024, which is obviously um, uh, a huge summer for 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 U.S. soccer. But these so these next I guess year and a half is going to be really crucial for that player development, including you know 17 year olds like Noel Buck. Yeah, and I'm very curious as to when we're going to hire a sporting director, general manager, and a head coach. But maybe at some point it all come together. That's my final thought. So on behalf of producer Dez, producer Alex, Charlie Heath, and myself, Conradinho, I want to thank Ali Curtis for coming on the show, and I want to thank everybody 
for all of their support, whether you listen to this on your favorite podcast platform or here on the YouTubes. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you on Thursday. Later! Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.